Hi friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and writer. And I'm Brian Luna. I'm still looking for someone who's ever plugged in a USB correctly on the first try. And you're listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to, to me. me, a show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. Oh my gosh, that's definitely not me. I just I just did it like three times. There's only two possibilities, <laughs> and I had to do it three times. So now I think the USB is purposely, I think they're building them so they with us so i yeah i'm not i'm not crazy about the. i'm really tempted to try to understand like the psychology behind that but that's not what we're talking about today. okay yeah yeah all right we are going to talk about something you're i feel like you're going to be excited to talk about finally serial killers paranormal yes no yes get out of car are you serious (laughs) so those are the two things that you're most excited to talk about in the world yeah i've been waiting since we started this serial killers abnormal behavior and and uh, and then paranormal psychology holy shiz all right let's go let's go let's go get into let's get into it talk so let's start with what is it what do you think parapsychology is the this the psychology of the paranormal and what is the paranormal paranormal can it it's it's a broad spectrum of things but not limited to uh ufos and aliens um, hold on, hold on, back up. Don't be. Are you already? We're going to interrupt me. Uh, ghosts, goblins, ghouls, <laughs> demons, right? Specters. Okay, I appreciate that you're giving poltergeists. me examples. Uh, yeah, but let's let's zoom out. What are those examples of? What makes something paranormal? Oh, I see what you're getting at. This is where the Scully comes out. Skepticism. This is where <laughs> I can see it. You're already looking at me like there's no known. Like I already know you're Scully here. No, I'm I'll be coming into it. Open. Let's go big talk. I believe. All right. What is it? Parapsychology. I hear you on examples, although I don't know that it's the study of goblins the and ghouls it's the... and aliens fit under psychology per se. So we'll we'll break down psychology in a moment. <laughs> parapsychology, but the paranormal. What is it? Yeah. Just, like if you were to it's, explain it's the, the unknown. Parent. The, the unknown. unknown, yeah. All right, I the, like it. Psychology of the unknown, yeah, of the unexplainable, if you will. I think that's actually a really important thing to remember because technically everything was paranormal before it became normal. Well, let me tell you something. Carl Sagan and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson said it is not the universe's responsibility to make you believe and understand it. That's not the responsibility of the universe. So there's things that we I can't disagree. explain. <laughs> well, good, <laughs> but because these are the two most genius people I've ever <laughs> I've ever read, and they they simply said that it's your job to try to figure it out. It's not the universe's job to make it easy for you to understand. I like that a lot. And again, what that makes me think is this whole idea of paranormal is very subjective because as soon as something becomes normal, it's out of the para, meaning it's out of the realm of beyond the scope of scientific Mm -hmm. understanding. So technically, paranormal is anything outside of what we can explain with science. And then psychology has to do with mental phenomena. That are outside of the scope of current scientific understanding. So okay. that's what we're going to talk, be talking about today. It still now, sounds like skepticism, but I'm ready I will for you. Tell I don't you, care. No, I, don't I when care. you I'm kept in. saying, when you episode after episode, you were like paranormal <laughs> psychology, paranormal psychology. I, I I will admit that I sort of thought of it as a pseudoscience, meaning well, that it's a little right, bit. Let's stop on right the... here. Let's let's regroup. Okay. Let's let's take our time because I have a feeling what you're going to see, what's not going to be paranormal, what's going to be very normal, yeah. is you're going to see these numbers spike. You're going to see the downloads uptick. You're going to see a giant, <laughs> if we're looking at one of those graphs, boom, right there. It's going to be peaks. You're saying so, because humans because, share your fascination. Yeah, because okay, since well, the dawn of man. And all I'm saying. Oh, sorry. Dawn of person. Yes. Yeah. And all I'm saying, though, is that I I have changed my mind. I went into mm-hmm. this being like pseudoscience. Yeah. But the reality is that paranormal psychology is actually a legitimate field of study as long as the research is conducted rigorously. You're telling me. 
I am. Uh, it sounds like you're telling yourself. And I know what you're saying. It's the way you're saying it. That's all I have a problem with. Let's get. Let's continue. Let's not get hung up on the way. It's the way you're saying it, not how. Okay, so go ahead. So the other thing that made me feel wrong, you'll appreciate this, is that the more I dug into it, the more I was like, oh my gosh, there are legitimate laboratories all around the world yeah. studying paranormal psychology. Yeah. So here in the U.S., do you know that you want to guess the first American university that set up a laboratory to study parapsychology? Uh, I would say Columbia University because that's where Ghostbusters was filmed. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. That's. I think that's a really great guess. So in 1911, Stanford University became the first academic institution nice. to study parapsychology, uh, followed by Duke University in 1930. So a ton of the early research huh. that they sort of set the, the standards for, at least here in the U.S., came out of those two universities. Awesome. And many scholars today continue to study it. So my skepticism... <laughs> I don't like how you said that. You said that with a little bit of surprise. I am surprised. Of... I'm telling you, I'm surprised. I went this into This is no being... different than like when you tell me, so two psychologists conducted this long research to find that when people say mean things, it hurts other people's feelings. <laughs> Did you know that? Did you know that? And here's what they found. The meaner the things, the more it. hurt the feelings. And I'm like, so... all right, so let's talk about it. That was actually done by Desi and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Uh, yeah, so I... I hear your point. You're saying, why are we spending time researching things that are known or normal? We should actually be putting our resources into the paranormal. Or the oh, right. Unknown. The paranormal. Yeah. So we're not going to go into Bigfoot because that's not a psychology thing. So pop quiz. Not, I wasn't going to do this as pop quiz, but I feel like I get more of your attention when I say that. I can try this outside of this, this podcast. What are some examples of parapsychology? I would say the study of like electromagnetic energy or electromagnetic um, uh, disturbances. Study of quantum fields, study of... Less uh, fancy, less fancy. Oh, all right. I don't know what you want me to say. Study of, of ghosts. Uh, study okay. of the yep. of, of uh, ESP. Yep. Um, uh, mind What's control, ESP? telekinesis. Extrasensory perception, uh, otherwise known as the third eye. Ooh. Um, so, yep, you got it. Yeah. Okay, so, right. so I can go on and on. I had the whole time life series. So let's get going. <laughs> I'll give a few more just for others who are, who are curious. So uh, telepathy, remote viewing. I said telepathy, said telekinesis, Clairvoyance, precognition. ESP, but go ahead. Psychometry. Do you know that one? Uh, that's like a, a mixture of like people who get frustrated with geometry, if I'm not mistaken. That's me. I think I have psychometry. No, psychometry is the ability to touch an object and be able to detect aspects of its history. Oh, that's amazing. I wish I had that. Uh, synchrony which you and I sometimes have on our good days, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. uh, Near-death and out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, and energy from people and objects such as crystals, known as Reinbox phenomena. It's funny because, like, even though I'm a true believer in a lot of this stuff... I saw your eyes get a little my eyes are, under... When I said crystals? Yeah, yeah. But when people talk about crystals and stuff, I'm a little like... Ah. So why do you think that is? How how are you over here with your eyes like glowing when I say telekinesis, but I say crystals and you're like, move on. What else you have on that list? Because crystals are like, I don't know. I are they get, girly? Or no, I don't want to get racist or anything. But crystals. <laughs> now I have to know why crystals are racist. Crystals, no, crystals, that's white. <laughs> we didn't have no crystals growing up. <laughs> Shit, I knew a couple of girls named Crystal. Hold on a minute. It. What? But how about things like certain stones or certain stones gems? are different? That's oh, like, okay. Yeah. Stones are okay. Whoa, Crystals easy, are the problem. easy. I don't. I don't like where you're going with this. <laughs> now, uh, actually, yeah. across many many cultures, mm -hmm. I will say there are different 
naturally forming objects that people believe have a certain energy. I, I 100% respect. But again, <laughs> I, 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 for me, I'm like, crystals. You associate with like yoga pants. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, I am like to have people who wear mind. yoga pants. So- I, I, well, hold on. I, I picture crystals like loose fitting, lo- like loose blouses and yoga pants, but you don't work out. Like, like that's what I associate crystals. And you like, have crystals. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like crystals, if, you, more, if you're wearing that outfit, chances are you have crystals in your house. Okay. But if you believe in telekinesis, straight laced, regular dude. Just, just like me. Just, just walking down the street. Taxes. Yeah. yeah. Goes, goes downtown, gets, you know, a <laughs> quart of uh, the fake milk and, you know, like does all the whole thing. <laughs> just like me. <laughs> Morning star sausages. Like, just like me. This is getting less and less archetypical. <laughs> Okay, what I'm going to invite you to do is I, Read your in mind. order to oh. try to do my best to prep for this episode, I suspended my disbelief and my skepticism. So I'm going to invite you to join me here in not being skeptical about crystals. Do you want me to be, in this episode, do you want me to be the skeptic and you be the believer? I mean, nah, no one's going to buy that. All right, keep going. Let's just let's just go with because I'm so excited I right now. I'm so excited right, right now. You don't even know. So why do you think why do you think you and these alleged people who are going to be spiking our ratings alleged. are so fascinated oh. by paranormal psychology? Because everyone has had some kind of paranormal experience, whether it be um, a, a realistic dream where you heard a message, or um, after a near death experience where you experienced some kind of like. And again, those could be uh, attributed to something happening in your brain, release of chemicals. When no, you're... you don't have to. Be I'm just, but I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, but to the person to to the person who's experiencing it, it could be very. It's, it's you as just real say as all of us have had a near death experience. No, all of us have had a Where paranormal experience. Up? Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know where I grew up. <laughs> All of us have had some experience where we were like, what is that? And what emotions does it fill you with? Do you think like, well, oh no, that's so scary. I don't know how to explain it. Because that's not what I'm reading on your face. No, I, you know, it's funny that you say that. Um, like, where did you grow up? Because I have a feeling that people who grew up in like violent, um, had violent upbringings or, or grew up in a, in a place where there was like violence at the drop of a hat. I have a feeling that we tend to believe more of that stuff because hmm. uh, there's so much... With that, that's unexplainable. So we have to believe that the universe... Or you feel out of control. Like out of control. Like we talked so, about in our ritual episode, mm-hmm. whether that's violence or poverty or you're in a situation where luck has a lot to do with the mm-hmm. outcome. And so you're holding on to some kind of... Sure, control or some... some yeah. yeah, but I think there's more to it than that because you like almost shot out of your seat, which is... I'm paying attention to because we try really hard not to creak our chairs when we're recording. <laughs> but you, like, your whole face lit up when I What you I didn't said see was I actually levitated off my seat. <laughs> but, yeah, parasite, because I, I, I feel like, honestly, there is there is a certain beauty to it. And, and maybe it, it's my love for horror and it's my love for the macabre. You know, when you're a kid and you go into, like, if you had a wooded area you used to play in or something like that, even though you've been there, been through there a hundred times on a on hundred different days... Sometimes twice on a Sunday, you still go out there with a hope that you're going to see something mm. or encounter something you've never seen before. You have that hope and wonder. And I think that's one of the things we carry as a child um, into, into our adulthood, into adulthood yeah. is that maybe, maybe there is something, you know, maybe, yeah, you know what? You're, you're out with your friends, you're, you're hanging out. It's like a Friday night at 11. Hey, you know what? Let's go get our cards read. Let's, yeah. let's go, let's go, let's go uh, piss around. And you go up there, ha, ha, ha. And then you sit down and you're like, wait, wait, what does that say? Wait, so I shouldn't talk to... So deep you know. down, there's an aspect of human nature that 
both wants to know all the things and wants to feel that there is so much still unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Okay, we'll talk much more about what it is and why it is, but let's dig into recreating some experiments oh, just to sh- see if before me I have a yeah. specimen with some parapsychological prowess. Okay, the first card you're going to hold up is a star. <laughs> uh, it's three squiggly lines. I don't know what you're doing here, but let's, let's So do it. actually, yeah, I mean, yeah. Did um, I just guess the experiment? Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh my. So Come listeners, on. I mean, you, you heard it here first. Um, that is the first <laughs> experiment that I'm going to recreate on you. I'm going to test your clairvoyant ability or remote viewing ability. Uh, actually, clairvoyance. Let's go clairvoyance. If I had that, I would be able to lie to you easier. So <laughs> we know it's not a possibility, but go ahead. But maybe it's localized to, to cards. So I'm going to use <laughs> a stimulus called a Zener card. Or is it a Zener card? I don't know. It's the thing that you just described, squiggly lines. and. Uh, I don't know. Z-E-I-N-E-R? Z-E-N-E-R. Mm, well, I just guessed that, so I obviously know. <laughs> so, made famous by Ghostbusters, has a long history. Researchers have studied clairvoyance using playing cards since Charles Richet's extensive investigations mm-hmm. in 1884. But J.B. Ryan and Carl Zener, or Zener, mm-hmm. so sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, they went all in. So, okay. they conducted over 90,000 trials with these Damn. cards. What are, they, what are they? Okay, well, don't tell me what they found out, but I'm ready when you are, Dr. Van. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to show you these the, the cards first. I want you to just describe uh, them real quick. Okay, for there's a audience. yellow, there's a yellow circle, a red plus. There are three blue squiggly lines, which I can't believe I got. Uh, a black square and a green star. Okay. Okay. All right, ready? So we're gonna try this three times. Yep. I'm holding up one of these cards. What do you see in your mind's eye? Now I have my eyes closed just because to help me tune in. Yeah. But I know it's a green star, so go ahead and show me that okay, green star. That, um, black circle. Oh, red plus. Okay, that was close. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I wasn't ready. I, I was. I was. Everyone was. That in was my, the tra- uh, yeah, That was just yeah. practice. Right, okay. Let's do second one. <sighs> Tell me when you're ready. Am I holding up? Okay. Yeah. Can you hold it? Can you hold it a little gently in your hand? Yeah. I'm holding Can you it. hum something? Mm. I'm gonna say it's a circle. Damn! I was right. Oh no, that's three squiggly lines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready when you are. All right. Hold on. This, this is not so easy. No, it's not easy. Okay. okay. Ready? Yeah. Last one. Last one. This one is a circle. Okay, you use the same one, red plus. This feels a little okay, like bullshit. Okay, what's amazing so far is that you got 100% of them wrong, which is worse than chance. But it so. was only three. <laughs> it was only three. And if we were in an actual laboratory no, it's with fair. all these little things attached you know, to my and head, I like say, in the movies. J.B. Ryan, he really was super excited about this particular medium that he studied for a while, and she was doing really well. And then when they made it a more of a controlled experiment, all of a sudden mm-hmm. her guesses went down to chance, and she said that that the problem was that the cards lacked this certain energy field that hmm. made it possible for her to read them. I don't know why you're saying that with a slight smile, but it feels a little <laughs> condescending. Like maybe... I'll tell you what the problem was. The problem was you're not my twin. If you were my twin showing me these things, yeah, uh, then that I would think fix, that, that would, would I think it yeah. would have been a different energy. Okay. All right, so so that was those were the Zener cards. Zener cards with a little bit of clairvoyant testing. Uh, next up, I would love to test out a method called the Gansfeld technique. Okay, are you familiar with the Gansfeld technique? Nope. So this is. We're going to do kind of our own version of it. Okay. Typically, you, you lean back, and you have to be really nice and relaxed. Okay. So, so let's do that. Let's get you nice and relaxed. Okay? okay. And so the usual way to do it is to take two red 
ping pong balls or tennis okay. balls and cut them in half and place them over your eyeballs. But instead, I brought you this blindfold. And it's not actually blindfold. It's actually a COVID mask. COVID mask. But no, the other side. Use the other side. Oh. The softer side. Oh, okay. Right, oh, so wow. This works pretty good. It works. Okay. Yeah. Can you see me? Can you see anything? Nope. All right. And now I'm going to play... Are you are you giving me the finger? <laughs> now I am. All right, I'm gonna play some pink noise for you. Okay. So this is supposed to really rest and relax your mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now we're gonna do some remote viewing. And and listeners, please go ahead and try to do this with me. Try to relax, lean back, get comfortable. And I am going to stare at an image, mm -hmm. and I want you to try to sense that image in my mind. Mm -hmm. Right. I am now looking at the image, and just if you, as soon as you start seeing anything, just start describing it to me. Um, any shapes, I, any I'm colors? I'm seeing water, um, like a big body of water. Okay. I'm seeing um, darkness on the shore, um, maybe close to a street or something. Oh my gosh! And I'm seeing, I'm seeing the color brown, but I don't know why. Maybe this is amazing. Can, can you can you take off your mask and take a look? I know. It's not. Oh, God. <laughs> can you, I mean, you got... It's a big body, all right. It's a close-up of Dusty, our 200-pound <laughs> male pig. Um, <laughs> so, listeners, if you, if you saw in my mind, <laughs> if you were able to reach in and see a big, happy okay. pig with a really cute black and pink snout and tusks, and it looks like he's grinning, and it's a close-up to the camera. That's so, is your it. whole point here to tell me that I'm no. not paranormal? I get it. I'm not. Oh, my not. gosh. I think I you're super paranormal. No, Stop no. condescending to me, Tanya. I don't have to be paranormal or All right. uh, clairvoyant we'll do, to know that you're, you're we'll talking do down to me. Okay, okay. we'll do one more. Right. We're going to do something that is a test of DMILS. And that stands for Direct in oh. Mental Interactions with Living Systems. Oh, okay. So one of the ways that this is, this is basically looks at how we're all interconnected, yep. even when we're not touching. Okay. When we're not using our typical known senses. Mm -hmm. So what I want you to do is actually just turn around. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. Get up. Yeah, Stand up. Turn around. All right. yep. And what I want you to do now is I'm going to look down mm -hmm. and at some point I'm going to look up and I'll stare at the back of your head. Screepy. Okay. And when you can feel my eyes staring in the back of your head, <laughs> please turn around. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you didn't feel any staring? No. Okay. I didn't. That's all right. It's but I, see, I think it's because it's coming from a skeptic <laughs> that you weren't putting out that energy. Felt a little. Okay, last one. We're mm. gonna try a little bit of precognition. Okay. What do you think our next <laughs> podcast review from our listeners will say? That uh, Tanya is mean and cruel. <laughs> And a little condescending to Brian. Okay, listeners. Comes with an open heart and an open mind. Oh, it is And so is ready open. and is so excited so to talk about paranormal. And he's always wanted to be paranormal since he's a little kid. I know. And Tanya just shot it all down in okay, three minutes. Listeners, please help us test Plus five stars. If Brian is right. <laughs> So his prediction is Tanya's mean and five-star review. Uh, if you haven't already, please leave a review so we can reach even more people with our minds and our powers and our podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry that 
Those tests were negative. I didn't mind being negative. It's the giggles afterwards. My giggles? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm no. Sorry. The ghost giggles in here. <laughs> I'm really sorry about the giggles. Okay. Now that you've participated in a few small experiments, what do you think? What have the results demonstrated? <laughs> that I need a new co-host. Oh. Um, no, that... When they started studying this in 1911, if nothing was there, the shit would have been shut down. But, like, the fact that they've come to some conclusions, even if they are, like, maybe few and far between, but something to keep this program going or something to keep the thing up. And plus, like, you know, there's also stories out there that don't happen in labs. And maybe they are hearsay, but it, it still does my brain good. Well, what I will say is that, again, hundreds of thousands of, of trials at this point, there have been many researchers who were completely convinced that they were seeing results. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that those results were inconsistent. So they would find someone, it's not the typical person, but they would find someone who all of a sudden they were seeing again and again and again and again, these amazing results that were better than chance. And then other researchers would become a part of that research, try to control more of the variables, try to really see what's going on. And then the results would kind of disappear. Mm -hmm. So Stanford, for example, I'm sorry to say, closed its labs after conducting 10,000 experiments. <laughs> I see. But they did 10,000 experiments. I mean, that's kind of amazing if you well, think about it. That could just it. be grabbing money for funding. You know what been. I mean? Like, that could have, like they, they actually do this in Ghostbusters. Like at the beginning of Ghostbusters, that's when they get fired because they can't produce any results. They can't oh go. Gosh, so they're really? constantly doing experiments just so they can keep their so grant money. they can use money. the money. Yeah. CIA, the CIA gave it a try starting the 1950s. They created a lab called the Stargate Project to test mm -hmm. ESP. Do you know about this? Well, I know about MKUltra. Uh, that came out about the psychedelic drugs used to like create some kind of like uh, psychedelic soldiers or, or like oh, wow. yeah, soldiers using psychedelic drugs to like so tap into Stargate their... wasn't using, to my knowledge, any kind of drugs or medicines. They were trying to find whether they could track down these individuals with special powers and ideally train other individuals in those powers they did close down in 1995 saying mm. that but they didn't say we didn't find anything hmm. they said we didn't find anything that we found to be useful yeah you know every time you see something like uh stranger things or you know one of those movies that like really tugs at your imagination and yeah. your heart you're kind of hoping that there is something bigger Well, that's the thing so a large percentage of people all over the world believe in paranormal abilities and possibilities. Mm -hmm. So in 2019, recently in the U.S., 20%, this is just looking at ghosts, mm -hmm. belief in ghosts. 20% believe in ghosts? 20% of Americans said they definitely believe in ghosts, and 25% said that ghosts are probably real. Hmm. I wasn't able to find research on other kind of paranormal beliefs, but my guess is there are, I would say probably more than 50% of people around the world <laughs> believe that there are these things that we can't explain and that science can't explain. And so unfortunately for believers and for the people who want to believe so far in the academic field, there hasn't been anything produced consistently yeah. that demonstrates it. Sort of. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some, some kind of tweaks to that. But for mm -hmm. the most part, there hasn't been consistency. But people continue to believe. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is in the midst of all of these kind of disappointing negative results where you're like, ESP? No. Clairvoyance? No. Uh, ghosts? No. <laughs> I actually think that it is super interesting to try to extract out what is it about people that makes them believe? What makes it part of human nature to either want those things or genuinely see those things? I don't know. It's interesting because I think um, I think a lot of these stories are passed down, right? So like, yeah. what become a ghost story becomes lore, becomes like, oh, this really happened. Because and I think people like to spread that. I mean, look, growing up, we had um, La Llorona, you know, the the crying woman in, in San Marcos, and. 
people swore by this, you know, and it could be easily explained. Oh, you could hear her every night, but what it's probably, I think it has more to do with the echo of the river through this particular bend. Okay, Scooby-Doo. No, but what I'm saying is, is that what made it powerful though, what, what, even though you could hear that and you can, you can draw a chart as to why it's happening. People were like, yeah, but I saw her or I know someone who saw her to keep it going. And I think it has a lot to do with, like I said before, I think people just want that unknown. I think people love to see it in others. Um, that imagination, even if you know it's bullshit, Mm. if I can tell you that story, you know, it's like telling a story to a little kid or telling him about Santa Claus, you know, you see the, their eyes light up and you're like, oh, wow, how can I possibly yeah. sit there and be like, Or oh, you could be like my grandmother, not the good one, the bad grandma, mm-hmm. the two grandmas. And she used to use ghost stories to basically reign over us with oh, sure. fear and terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was this, I don't know, Eastern European boogeyman, I guess, named Babai. And she used to make us eat food that we didn't want to eat because she'd be like, if you don't finish it, Babai's going to come get you. And then she'd even be like picking up the phone and threatening to call Babai like she had his direct number or something. And even as kids that didn't like kind of quell your fear knowing that this boogeyman had a landline. (laughs) Like, wouldn't that no, be like, terrifying. wait, grandma, that sounds like bullshit. Well, we were so little. Like, if she told us she had, you know, the number of the president of the United States, well, we wouldn't have cared because we were in Ukraine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If, she, if we had believed that she, if anything, it's more terrifying because she has like an in with this dude. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, I, I agree. I think at it, at their best, they're sort of stories of wonder and possibility. Mm-hmm. At their worst, they're my grandmother trying to force us to eat food. And, and I think a lot of them are parables, too. You know, like someone who That's is true. wronged and who gets revenge in the afterlife like yeah. you don't get away with it it's like a fable yeah yeah i mean That's like cool. um, i was just reading i was just watching something uh, online the other day about there uh, there was a, a, a the family bought a home in spain and on their floor a face appeared and they were like oh cool what a fa-, you know face in the dirt oh, so cool. they scrubbed it and scrubbed it scrubbed it and it kept coming back it kept coming back and it resembled the previous owner who was killed oh, or sure. who was uh, uh, wrongfully imprisoned or something and died in prison but like, so like the face kept and it be, but it became world famous like people wow. would come and study it and, um, and 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 still couldn't figure out like what and it was probably just the grooves the way the groove it just happened to look like this person you know like uh it tells the story it tells the story of like this person who was wrongly uh accused or wrongly uh wronged and comes back and gets the final revenge and and you know by being a face in the floor yeah yeah (laughs) but no but driving the people insane yeah that's true he got the power like the the, the person yeah the person that not not this family but the person that did the the wrong i mean you know how many stories have we read edgar Allan poe or something has the person come back in some way from the grave to yeah you know how about on an individual level so what makes someone more likely to believe like culture aside and family aside do you think there's anything that sets apart individuals who are like not just ghosts but again like esp and telekinesis maybe it could be something that happened to them at some point in their life they couldn't explain at that point and carried it with them and then it built kind of like um, oh, yeah. it, it gained weight uh, so to speak as they got older and because I was just telling you a story when we were kids um, how my sister Liz saw someone in, in her room right? and you know looking back my sister can see it clear as a day but more than likely she kind of pieced together what she thought she saw yeah. all the way up until adulthood, adulthood. so it, it's yeah that's true if you have an experience early on that you can't explain mm-hmm. no amount of people telling you it no, didn't, didn't happen. Yeah, what yeah. You think you yeah. saw? Yeah, that's true. There is another another predictor 
of openness to believing in paranormal experiences, which is a quality called absorption. Mm. Can I give you a very quick version of an absorption test? Yeah. It's developed by Telegan and Atkinson. Okay. So just tell me whether you agree or disagree with each of these statements. Okay. (laughs) And listeners, please quiz yourself as well. Okay, number one, Mm. I can be deeply moved by a sunset. Uh, What what am I answering? Agree or disagree? Agree. Yeah. Some music reminds me of pictures or changing color patterns. Agree. I can often sense the presence of another person before I see or hear them. Only when you haven't showered. Agree. Wow. Agree. Although in the experiment that we just conducted, I was staring right into the back of your cute little head. But you you weren't close to me. Okay. So agree. All right. While watching a movie, a TV show, or a play, I may become so involved that I may forget about myself and my surroundings and experience the movie movie as if it were real and as if I were taking part in it. Agree. Agree. Sometimes Well, taking part in it. I don't know about that disagree but so i mean the way this is really done is like strongly agree agree blah 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 but so it sounds like everything except for the you feel like you're taking part in it yeah so how would you explain the part that i turn around and i see you like making the expressions that they're making and mouthing the words because i've seen it that many times and i (laughs) I love it it's really i was doing that the other night when i was watching silence of the lambs for like you were mouthing the words yeah were you clarice or were you of course i was clarice what are we gonna okay just checking, because you were really excited about serial killers. Okay, sometimes I feel and experience things as I did when I was a child. That's tough. Agree. Okay, I'll take yeah, that Yeah, agree, one. agree. Okay. Because uh, I'm still afraid one. to, like, go into the woods at night. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still, like, there's still that fear. Oh, and there's also, like, if we see a really, like, the other night we were watching Baba Yaga, that, that, that Russian Baba horror. Baba Yaga, sorry. Uh, uh, wow. the The Russian uh, horror film. And you fell asleep, and I was like, "This is no big deal. Like, whatever." I've sat through so many horror films. <laughs> I will films. not watch a but horror movie when, but you're when asleep. But when we, but when we went to bed, and it was all dark, and everyone was asleep, all the dogs, and I was still awake, I was like, <laughs> "Bubba, you go." Like, What's that in the corner? Looks like red yarn. Bubba, you go. Uh, so, okay, and the last one. Oh, we had that whole joke about like when we stayed in San Antonio next to that that haunted area, and mm-hmm. when we stayed in. Ireland. Yeah, we and, freak ourselves out. Yeah, sure. we used to freak ourselves out. Like Molly Malone. Molly Malone. We're always looking for Mr. Gillespie. local ghosts. So, okay, last one. Things that might seem meaningless to others often make sense to me. Agree. Okay. I wasn't sure about this, this question because I was like, this question doesn't make sense to me. But then I thought, <laughs> but done. there That's you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So based on this, you score very, very high. And researcher Finally a high score, Chris French, sake. he's found that people who score high in absorption say they experience more paranormal events, like items moving around their home or like seeing visions, which could... <laughs> I don't see anything moving around the home. Everything's explainable. Cause if, if something's moving around, one of the dogs has it. But I'll tell you or this. Or I kept misplacing my objects. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, just to finish my thought real quick, yeah. one of the things he was saying is like, okay, maybe absorption means you have this greater connection to these small mm-hmm. signals that others can't notice. On the other hand, maybe absorption means that you're so distracted that you're accidentally haunting yourself. Because you're like, oh, the cupboard is open. I know that cupboard was closed, but actually you were just so in your thoughts, in your mind somewhere that you forgot that you opened the cupboard. That sounds more like me. Yeah, that sounds like you. And I'm like, who is haunting me by putting so other, my cell phone so in the, the refrigerator? Night, the other night, I, I, so Tiny fell asleep and I packed the fridge with her favorite um, soft drink. She loves to drink like bubbly, the, the seltzer. And she woke up and she was like, wow, I really love myself <laughs> to put all this 
in the fridge, and I didn't even, I didn't even know. So I she said, immediately I really gave love her, myself. she immediately gave herself credit, sound like and didn't so think she was like, "Wow, this was paranormal," or I don't even, I don't even remember loving me this much and not giving me any credit. So I do I give myself you. accidental credit for doing things that I couldn't remember doing that you actually did. I agree with that. Yeah. That's true. But, and and I am more like I'm, I'm the kind of person who's likely to haunt myself. But mm-hmm. I think you're the kind of person who's likely to just like notice things that yeah. no one else would notice. Well, so the when we first before we moved in here, I used to have to stay here by myself at night. And I'll tell you this, the night I was here, the the first night I stayed by here by myself and I fell asleep on the on the floor in the living room because we didn't have a couch or anything, and I heard a little girl laughing upstairs. I was like, shit. Was it like, ah, or was it like, <laughs> no, no, it was like a little girl laugh, like a, like a, or a small child. Okay. But to me, in my head, I, I saw a little girl and, and like I, mean, I didn't see her, but I mean, I envisioned a little girl because that's what it sounded like. And I was like, oh shit, how do we tell them we don't want the house anymore? Like I was sitting here literally going, okay, wow. well, I'll just pack up my stuff and I'll leave <laughs> and then I'll go home and there there you have it I'll be fine. We do I will say one of the things that you've taught me because you are so much more open-minded than I, and than I am with this kind of stuff is we watch all these horror movies where the skeptic just like messes things up for everyone, everyone. because they're like everything's fine we're yeah. not haunted. And so There's now no such thing as zombies. <laughs> ah my neck why are they so, No Brian and I have a rule that if one of us is like it's haunted let's go. We have to believe each other. Which I got to say, you have fallen short of. You you don't always go with that because I'm like, <laughs> this is haunted. And you're like, well, let's go check to see if it's haunted first. We'll go into the basement. <laughs> One, let's split up. And I was like, Jesus, this woman is a walking oh. horror film. All right. Aside from being ready for... Because you're going to be fine. <laughs> The white girl doesn't die first. The brown guy does. So I like feel you're like gonna in be fine. 2022, the white girl dies. You're first. gonna be fine. It depends on how much cleavage I'm showing. If I'm showing a lot of cleavage, then I'm almost definitely. Gonna then die you're gonna first. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So, what do you think the benefits are of continuing to pursue parapsychology despite finding no strong evidence? I think that curiosity leads to curiosity of other things. Mm. You know, it, it's like um, when Isaac Asimov was writing some of the best sci-fi of his time. It led to inventions Absolutely, uh, uh, yeah. of currently things that we use now. That's cool. Jet propulsion systems, things like that. That and makes that me think of like even things, inventions like, remember we were at some conference and they were creating the, these like hug shirts where you can be super far away, but oh, you can yeah. like hug yourself wearing this shirt and, and the, other the other person, person feels would feel it. the hug or like this couple, they're, they're a married couple and they're researchers and they embedded these electrodes that and would allow them yeah. to feel the other person moving their fingers yeah. so they could feel what the other person is feeling. So you're right. Maybe there's something around like, huh, okay, I wish we could move things with our minds. How do I make I wish I could read possible? your mind. I wish I could tell you things. And instead I can in, in, embed this little... Uh, electric node that will send you impulses yeah. and things. We yeah. Should, we should get that, by the way. When is that going mass oh, market? I don't think you want that. I don't think you want to know when I'm touching something. Or something. <laughs> okay, I'm fair just enough. saying. I'm just... Yeah, okay. Never mind. I don't, I don't want to be in touch with your fingers. <laughs> so another benefit of understanding parapsychology is it gives us this amazing kind of secret passageway into how our minds work. So, mm. for example, animalistic psychology, not animalistic and no 
A N O M A. Oh my god! I was like, if you can tell me there's a possibility I can read Hucky's mind, oh. I will make my. This will make my day. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, animalistic. Animalistic psychology. So it tries to come up with and test non-paranormal explanations for seemingly paranormal experiences. Okay. Can you think of any examples? None. I was about to ask you for an example. <laughs> so, for example, people feeling haunted. Oh. Okay. One of the best scientific explanations for that that science has been able to replicate over and over and over is sleep paralysis or the hypnagogic state that we talked about oh, in the past yeah, 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 yeah. so many 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 people report waking up and not being able to move their bodies and either seeing you know ghosts or um some people report like a being sitting on their chest and pinning them down and it turns out that there's a reason for that which is we wake up when our bodies are still paralyzed, which is totally normal. We mm-hmm. go into paralysis so that we don't flail around and walk around mm-hmm. when we sleep, most of us. And we're both awake and asleep at the same time. So our brains are actually projecting these really vivid hallucinations. Hmm. Or or you're haunted. I'm not sure which. <laughs> you might have one or the other or a little bit of both. Where I but... came from, you'd be haunted. That's <laughs> all there is to it. You know, George Lopez had this great joke about growing up the way we did he was like if you live in a two-bedroom apartment (laughs) chances are you believe one of those bedrooms is haunted (laughs) and that's so true like we growing up it was it was literally it was just part of who we were we believed in ghosts we believed in lechuzas we believed in all that shit i'll say the safest i ever felt was living in a studio apartment because but i still (laughs) felt a little creeped out by the, the bathroom yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we stayed. Uh, so one of my first apartments when I moved to New York was the Ansonia, and the Ansonia Hotel or a building is from like 1908 or something like that. It's old, old, old. And I forgot what floor we lived on, but they told us that the apartment below us was haunted, and it had been haunted for you know. And the doorman told us that. He also told us there was a hidden pool that we never found. Uh, but anyway, so one night we heard loud. Uh, uh, banging we heard like loud uh, uh, things or, or moving around and we were like what is that like that we've never heard anything like that so we went down the fire escape and the doorknob was gone and you could see right into the apartment which was empty t when i tell you it was darker than it was as if someone put black velvet on the other side of that door handle so that mm-hmm. so when you look through the key and it was so the way the, the apartment was is if you, as soon as you looked in the door, there was a window right across from. It was just like ours. It was directly below ours. So if you looked in the door, there was a window just to the right of that thing. So when you looked in, I couldn't see jack squat. And when I tell you, it was about forty degrees in there. Oh my god! And we were like giggling and looking in and taking turns poking. You our went eyes. in there? No, no. no. Listen okay, to what okay. I'm saying. Are you nuts? <laughs> we were looking through the peephole and we were taking turns giggling and all that. And then we heard something move, something really heavy in there. I've ran upstairs before in my life, <laughs> but this was the first time I'd gone upstairs and not hit a single step. I was flying. So and... I can't explain that with the hypnagogic state because mm-hmm. you, it sounds like you were awake. Oh, we were awake. Yeah. Yeah. He what was... I think is it was a worker working late, wrapping up, and maybe there was something in front of the door, so yeah. we couldn't see anything. But... Our minds, without discussing anything, all had the same the explanation, same had yeah, the yeah. same thing. Well, so I think that actually animalistic psychology is really interesting because it doesn't say, oh, that was a fake experience. You all were wrong. It looks at what in our psychology made it so that all of you had the same explanation. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. one explanation is that it is haunted AF. Another explanation is there's something about the human mind that made all of you share that same share experience. Share that same experience. Yeah. yeah. 
one of the experiences that for the longest time psychologists couldn't explain was table turning. You know, that's used often in, or not, probably not Table anymore. turning, like DJing? No, no, not not like... That's better. <laughs> you were like... It's not like you're feeding a mouse. What? You were like... I don't think that's how my sound. Anyway. Well, I've never been on a dance floor heard that. Okay, yeah, anyway, a... but I'm not talking about Wicca Wicca. I'm talking about, like, those card reading tables where mm-hmm. the you do seances. And oh, the, yeah, and, and the table levitates and the table and levitates and moves and mm-hmm. things like that, or Ouija boards. Like, psychologists for a long time were like, how is that happening? Uh, it's Ouija. Ouija. Just kidding. Is that right? No. <laughs> Just wanted to correct you like you're Anyway, right. it Bubba, turns out that actually using wax paper on those tables mm-hmm. to try to understand are people moving the table or mm-hmm. is the table moving and people's hands following Researchers found that people were moving the table. However, (laughs) what they found and believe is that very often people have no idea that they're making the movement. And that's something called the ideomotor effect or the Mm. idiomotor effect, which is making movements completely unconsciously, like water dousing is another one of those, you know, where you're walking around and you're like, oh, it's moving, it's moving, that's where the water is. So it seems like we do have this unconscious ability to produce movements that our minds are not aware of. That's kind of fascinating. Okay, I have something for you. Okay. <laughs> so me and my one of my best friends, Mike Pantusa. So if back in the eighth grade, I was really into the occult. I was like just voraciously reading. Oh, all me too. I was. Stuff. I thought I was Wiccan. Right. Or but I guess this isn't, I, maybe but I was. This isn't about you. Oh. So um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so you read all that stuff too. I think it, uh, you get to a certain age where you kind of go against your parents because like you know. Well, we no, my Catholic. family is freaking fortune tellers. Yes, but uh, yeah, but I they're not practicing grew up fortune telling. In Ukraine, we had practicing fortune tellers you, in my family. You, your mom practiced fortune telling because no, I have a feeling her? she would just give everyone bad news. <laughs> she would just tell how she would just tell everyone. No, my like, mom doesn't how do fortune telling. Are. What she does is she she just misfortune telling. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she gives you forecasts. No, no, she never talks like, about the future. What are you eating? So you shouldn't be eating that. You should be washing <laughs> this. She does. And don't like, it. If you keep eating that, you're gonna get sick. <laughs> and if you eat that burnt toast, it'll give you cancer. No, but I think I think as kids, no, we... I'm telling you, I've paid fortune tellers in my family. I can't believe you don't know this. My on my dad, um, my mom's dad. His whole family are working fortune tellers. Working? Like, they that's their employment. That was their career. So when they filled out a W-2, <laughs> what did they put? What did they put in occupation? Self-employed? Or did they put fortune, fortune teller? teller? Really? They were literally my mom. So my, my mom's Did you aunt, ever have their, your fortune read by them? No, hell no. Because my mom thought it was creepy as hell. She said, so she said the last time before we were moving from Ukraine, she went to go visit her, her aunt and she took out this giant photo album. And my mom swears that every single photo of the person in the photo album mm-hmm. was someone who died like a horrible grisly death, like falling into a meat grinder. <laughs> Y'all didn't have meat grinders in Ukraine. Of course we had meat grinders. But how do you think we ground our meat? just sounded right that you didn't have them. Anyway. You guys didn't have jeans. So then she goes, please send me a photo of your children. What the? And my mom was like, I'm out. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) We're going going to the U.S. We're out. (laughs) We're actually on asylum to the U.S. because we were being chased by our evil force. I'm kidding. No, it was Chernobyl. But I I can't believe you didn't know this. They're they're like. I mean, you've talked about your family's. But no, I did, when I when I started getting really interested in like witchcraft and Wicca as a kid, I thought I was living my legacy. Your distant, and I would destiny. talk to my grandmother about it, and she was like, "Oh yeah, let me give you some um, herbs to put in your potion." What the? So this was never rebellion for me. I was like, "Oh, this is my thing. Like this is gonna happen." Okay, well, for, for me. normal 
<laughs> American kids. We go through this stage where we start questioning God or like whatever religion you were raised, whether Judaism or Catholicism, like you just kind of... Or all the other religions. Or all the other... Well, I'm saying like anything, like whether it be any of these, you, you start like questioning your your beliefs. It's kind of a form of rebellion, you know, in yeah, the U.S. So. Not, not, this is provided you don't have a fortune-telling family like you. <laughs> okay. Um Jesus, so, so it explains so much. I, I don't even know where to start. But um, so I was really, I was going to the library and I was getting all these books on the occult, werewolves, um, like, but not werewolves, like, uh, like Universal Monster. I'm talking about like uh, going all the way down to talk about like the, how the folklore started, how, like where it all started. Which is maybe like dissociative identity disorder. Like uh, I thought I was called werewolf? multi-personal. Oh, like, sure, sure. Yeah. Because these people were. used to be called multiple personality disorders, now called dissociative identity disorder maybe which was that previously explains. called lycanthropy which was <laughs> very, no but like the the there are these people that walk around all fours and would devour humans humans like you know cannibalism so uh anyway all these things and i got this book on satanism and i bought the black book i bought the black bible which is the satanic bible which is like for example one example is what i remember their commandments were just opposites of the yeah other. like they took out not you know, it's so like, that shall kill, you know, and you're like, ooh, this is, this is some deep stuff. I wonder how they came up with this. Boy, this is, this is probably obviously read to them by Satan. But, um, oh but, it, but you know, the, the guy, Anton LaVey, who, who discovered this was, was kind of like just, he was, he was a San Francisco 70s counterculture. I think he was just like, F you, Catholicism and all this stuff and just created this whole black book. So anyway, but I was reading all these things about witchcraft and I had, I mean, I had books from the library that, wow. that were stacks and I would go to um, the bookstore and I would buy these books. And my friend Mike was like, dude, why are you reading this shit? You know, me and Mike were football players, but he was like, why are you reading this shit? Stuff is blah, 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 blah. And so one day we were coming home and I was like, oh, my dad's home because there was someone in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, dad's home, you know? And uh, Mike was like, your dad's car's not here. My dad had a very distinct sky blue maverick uh, <laughs> uh, uh, car. And so I open the door and it's pitch black, except all the lights are flickering on in all, in all the oh house. My God. And I, my, my dad always made me put all my stuff away because he didn't like seeing the, the, your, the your books. Stuff. Yeah, all the, all the stuff. He didn't like seeing it out because um, he was very superstitious. Like he wasn't religious. We're not pagan, I'm sorry, satanic. Satanic, okay. but he wasn't, yeah, it wasn't pagan. So he wasn't religious, but he was superstitious. So he was like, you, you read this shit, you're calling in something. You're, yeah. you're, you're opening yourself up to some shit. So we came in, the lights were flickering on and off in the back bedroom, in the kitchen. And all of my books were in the middle, of, in, the, in, the, in the living room. And I slammed the door shut. Mike, Mike, who's this big, Mike <laughs> literally looked like if you shaved a gorilla and gave it glasses and Jordans. Oh my God. And Mike Pantusa was like, dude, F this. We got to get out. Slams the door shut. We lock it. I, I'm, I'm white as a ghost because I can't. And Mike's already white. So he was, he was just, just the same shade, but he was like a ghost. And, uh, and we were both like sweating and we were like, what the, so we ran to my sister's house. We told her what happened. She walked over there, my big sister, Liz. She walked over there. What a badass. She went inside because she loves this shit. She's dying to find out if this is true or not. So she opened the door and everything was fine. But the books were right where I told her they were. And everything was fine. There was no sign of breaking and entering or nothing was missing. And so that was like one of those things where I can't explain it. And I know what I lived. I know what I saw. Yeah. And Mike was there too. And Mike to this day, I mean, like, I don't know, but growing up, we, he only talked about it a little bit and he would get so uncomfortable when we'd bring it up 
that he was like, I don't want to talk about that. Now, shit. I if, talk about if that you shit. found a mm-hmm. simple explanation, like there was an electrical outage or something, would you be disappointed? <laughs> um, I, no, I wouldn't. But electrical outage seems very like electrical outages don't turn your lights on. Yeah. Right. Like a power surge wouldn't. Okay. And, and we would have seen that in all the other, uh, all the other house, like the apartments that, you know, we would have seen all the lights flickering everywhere. Yeah. And you both saw it. I was like, what I have all no my... explanation for this. I don't either. I think that, I think all of the stuff we've talked about so far is not paranormal. What you just described paranormal. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways you're lucky that you've had some of these experiences because it does leave your mind so open to possibility and mm. creativity. There's one other effect that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the sort of psychological explanation for some of the paranormal things that people experience. Mm-hmm. Can I just give you that one Please? real quick? Yeah. Okay. So this is called the Barnum or sometimes it's called the Forer effect. It's a quick description of either you or a specific one of our listeners. Okay. So listener, I'm not going to name you by name <laughs> and I'm going to describe you and I want you to see if you can figure out who you are. So it's not me. It might be you. Oh, shit. So I'm one of the listeners. Okay. So I'm just reading the description. Okay. All right, ready? You're the type of person who values being liked by others, even if you don't like to admit it, and even though you can get anxious around people sometimes. At times, you can doubt whether you've made the right decisions in life. You can be excessively critical of yourself, but you also never give up hope that you can do more and be more if you just stopped holding yourself back. I know what this is. What is it? This is one of those things where you do it so vague that it could be anybody. Okay, on a scale of one to ten... How much would you say that's an accurate description of you, Brian Luna? A two. A two? Which of that was inaccurate? The, I secretly care what people think. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, psychologist Bertram Forer, uh, he gave a similar profile to each of his students, telling them that each one got a unique description of themselves, but of course they all got the same one. Yeah. So, listener, if you're listening, this was not a, a unique profile for you. Nearly every single student rated the profile as highly accurate. And in fact, in some studies where researchers give people a real profile versus a fake profile, and the fake one is the one that everyone gets, people rate the fake one as more accurate. Hmm. But that's your family. That's what your family used to do. They would get into a room and a really good... psychics? Yeah, a really good psychic can feel you out. And kind of give you vagueness until they, they can... And they're reading you. They're yeah, paying attention they're reading to you. you. They're yeah. reading your facial... I will say, I think to my knowledge, the people in my family believed that they had that gift. Oh. So I agree with the you Kavorka. that that's probably what they were doing. What? The Kavorka. What's the Kavorka? That's the gift. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I made that up. <laughs> that sounds real. Um, I, to my knowledge, no one ever passed on stories of like oh we're just making this up like people share well, no, cuz they would they families. would they would ruin their their if that got out their reputation yeah. yeah but it's not like the internet was around back then no i think stronger than that was the word of mouth i mean like that was that it's was possible more... but i do think we rationalize which another one is another one of those amazing powers of the human mind is to see just about anything and rationalize it so whether you're doing it on purpose or not like astrology reports i'm going to i know this is i'm going to upset a lot of people by saying this but generally <laughs> that's also how astrology works yeah. yes absolutely there might be other explanations but that your typical astrology report your typical psychic reading most yeah, likely it's so that's weird how, how, people, how believers also like me pick and choose what we yeah because like astrology i'm like eh, crystals nah, crystals meh. so um, my point is just dismissing these paranormal phenomena total bummer because it makes us miss out on fascinating and important insights about the human mind like Mm -hmm. 
okay, maybe you were being, you know, Satan was flickering your light switch, or maybe it was... <laughs> okay, that sounded a little condescending. <laughs> Satan was flickering your light switch. Satan yeah. was like, I'm going to get this I'm guy. Get, I don't think, first of all, I don't think Satan would have come himself. Okay, I think he would have sent a minion. Okay. Yeah. So let's not, I don't think I'm so self-important. Satan's okay. going to show up. So I think one is it lets us study our own minds. Like, why is it that we yeah. see certain things that maybe aren't there why is it that we believe things even though we don't <laughs> Look, have evidence but... i believe it's quite possible that my family's um, psych history could could lean could like give me reason to believe that that wasn't really oh, what happened but yeah but i think there's another super important reason that studying paranormal psychology might be important because sometimes we actually do have more abilities than we realized <gasps> What the fuck? You saved that for the end? So... What the shit? What are you talking about? These are abilities that you're probably going to be relatively familiar with, but they used to be considered paranormal. Mm -hmm. Hypnosis, for example. Oh, yeah. You you know I wanted to be a hypnotist when I grew up. Yeah. Like, I actually joined a a hypnotist club with, like, all these older men (laughs) and me. Hypnotist club. God, you never fascinate me. Like, you never cease to amaze me. Like, of course you did. So, hypnosis used to be seen as a paranormal ability. Think about it. It's controlling someone with your mind. Hmm. That's that's like bananas if you Tanya think about it. Tanya couldn't go under because she talked too much. <laughs> so t- we both got hypnotized and Tanya wouldn't so go under. So today it's used regularly for everything from treating <laughs> depression to one of the things I find most interesting. Not so much in the U.S. but in Europe. In dentistry it's used instead of anesthetics. Get the fuck. No. So, so someone's going to put me under instead of shooting me up? Yeah. Get the fuck. So okay, so you so you believe that Satan's not for tooth, not for not for root canal <laughs> shit. I become real scully for when it comes to root canal and tell and, and hypnosis. But you could do amazing things through hypnosis. You can quit have smoking. someone's body. Yeah, you can help someone quit help yourself quit smoking. You can even have the body react as though it's being burnt by being touched by a cold object. Mm. If you make yourself yeah. believe that it's so, this is. A real thing that we possess. And if you scoff at my hypnotist club, Brian, then there might be missed opportunities to really extract out like these incredible abilities that we actually have. It's the club. I don't I don't scoff at hypnosis. Okay, okay, got it, got it. It's the club. Yeah, the, the guys were... Did anybody show up with a monocle? A monocle? No, not that I can remember. <laughs> but they did have funky meetings. cool glasses. Meditation also used to fall under paranormal, under the par- parapsychology umbrella. Yeah. And again... Totally mainstream now. We know that it can be used for everything from treating anxiety to increasing creativity. We now have neural evidence. If you look at how the brain changes when it's meditating, that both in terms of brain waves and in terms of the physiology of the brain, meditation causes the brain to change. Hmm. And all of this stuff used to be considered paranormal. Hmm. So continuing to explore, imagine, test the limits of our capabilities I think it's it's scoffed at, especially in Western science, but it may lead us to some amazing discoveries. That's my takeaway anyway. This is why I've chosen to stop being, uh, not that, like, I, I believe in being skeptical just through, I believe there's the importance of saying, what are all the different potential explanations here and how can we test this? But I think my takeaway from this is like, don't be a jerk to the unknown. So many amazing things are possible and I think it behooves us, no goat pun intended, to (laughs) look at some of these things that we see as impossible and ask, well, what if? Like, if it were possible, how might we make it possible? Or if this is impossible, what does it tell me about 
the way that the human mind works or the way that other minds work. So anyway, I appreciate you for bringing this topic (laughs) up again and again and again, because I felt inspired by the possibility of it all. Well, one of the things I'll leave us with uh, one last thought is, you know, earlier you asked me like why people believe. I think people look at the unknown the way we look at the ocean, right? So Mm -hmm. the ocean is this huge, vast uh, expanse across our planet. And every year we're finding either a new species or a returning species that had been extinct for thousands of years. We're going deeper and deeper into a world we've never seen, right? And I was just reading about um, in Mozambique, they discovered a rainforest on top of a mountain, untouched, untraveled jungle that could contain an ecosystem that we've never experienced, that we've never seen before. And, you know, and they're, they're discovering new species there. They're discovering new things. And I think we look at that and we think, well, if this is the physical world, then there must be something to what we can't see. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, parallel universes, uh, slides and dimensions that may be what ghosts are. Or Oh, and if you even you think know, about just like the that. history of psychology in itself is very, very, very young. And we still have very little figured out about ourselves, even though we walk around feeling pretty confident and in we, our self-knowledge. we mean you so let's let's be honest let's... i'm pretty confident i put those drinks in the fridge yesterday <laughs> i i love the possibility of it all i love the reminder to keep exploring and this show really is just as much about what we don't know and what we might discover as mm. it is about what we do know absolutely speaking of things that we might discover i'm really hoping to discover some feedback and reviews nice. from our listeners so if you haven't already Please pass on the word. Give us your feedback. And as usual, thank you for listening to Talk Talk Psych to Me. me. Ghosts, goblins, ghouls, (laughs) demons.